the older man stood up from his chair, getting ready to say something. The third woman, who had been listening attentively during the exchanges, raised her hand in a gesture that prompted the man to sit down again with a smile on his face. The silence that followed was finally broken as the woman stood up, preparing herself to talk. My name is Sintra, she said in a hardly audible voice, while moving her eyes from person to person. I live here, whatever this here is to each one of you. When I came here a long time ago, I had no memory of my parents or my childhood and no real memories of my adult life. I've been told that the main purpose of my life here is to learn to travel effortlessly in the three times. The master of time travel also lives here, and I am her student. Why exactly she has accepted me as her student is hard to understand, since most of my interactions with her take place through my fantasy of her thoughts. Sometimes I have short exchanges with her, and when that happens, she's always sitting behind a curtain out of my sight. She has assured me that it is within my reach to travel both to the vertical past and the horizontal present. Lately, I have gained the ability to be in the present now and travel to the past devoid of distortions. The visits are often short and blurry and rarely sharp and precise, and I'm constantly made aware that I have a long way to mastery. The voice, the one you all have heard, sounds like the same person who has promised to help me to find the right mindset and the skills to master effortless travel through space and time. To my great disappointment, I'm still not able to enter the ten directions leading to the future. Every time I'm confronted with my shortcomings, I lose my patience and I become angry. When I am angry, the master shows up behind the curtain and starts giggling. When I tell her about my suffering, she leaves without a word and shows me no compassion. Only once she spoke to me about how to enter what she calls the future of no distortion. She said that whatever I thought about entering the future had nothing to do with finding some door or some key, but rather by releasing some subtle obstacles in my mind. All that aside, I have to ask the question why I'm here with the four of you at this moment. Perhaps there's a plan for all of us to find truth and enter the future. It seems that I am part of such a plan. My own goals are clear. I must find and then release the blocks that have been stopping my mission. Listening to you, Martin, during the exchanges with Mary, Simon and Venus, I understand that you are expressing hurt and disappointment of what life has offered you in spite of your success in the art world. What will happen now has not yet been revealed. The invisible voice has power over us, but perhaps we can agree 
on some direction where to go from here. The voice is inviting us to come up with some ways forward, and she didn't say that she wanted us to seek the truth or just truth. I can't remember which one. After another pregnant silence, Sintra continued, Martin, I had many confusing dreams before you arrived here, and you were always in them, appearing in front of me the way I see you now. Many questions came from these dreams, an inner voice inspired me to travel to the copper gates for reasons that I couldn't understand at the moment. After I arrived, I found a place to hide, and then I saw you crawling on all four as you came through the opening, as you stood up to face the guardian beast of the secret forest, I realized what brought me to this place. It was as if I had been struck by a thunderbolt when the connection between us was revealed. Martin, I am your mother, the mother who left you in an orphanage when we were just a small boy, unable to understand what was happening to you. Observing you now, I can see that you live the consequences of the vacuum of having lost the only thing that you knew as being one with you, and there is the deepest reason for how you perceive yourself and the world around you. You would never be able to understand the consequences of being abandoned by me unless I tell you my reasons for giving you up to the orphanage. My dear Martin, what I am about to tell you will help you to throw a light on why things in your life have turned out to be the way they are. I can see it all with such amazing clarity, how our lives have been shaped and how these forces have hijacked us in our own peculiar ways. It hurts me to see how you, like a prisoner, are shaking the bars in the darkest places of your mind, convinced that there will never be anybody or anything that you can really trust. Not yourself as an artist, not people who have loved you, and not the motives of people who tell you that you are a genius. You never could explain how you have abandoned many of your relationships for fear that they will abandon you first. Have you been looking at yourself as an empty shell that must remain in hiding to avoid the world around you to discover your despair? Martin, please listen to me. I am the root cause for this shaky foundation of your life, and here I am now, facing you, filled with fear that you will reject me and hide back in your silence. I am asking you for forgiveness from my heart filled with nothing but love. Can you imagine that I am in the presence of an angel holding a flame that brings a light to a dark room as I am now making my confession in your presence? I have convinced myself that the act of leaving you this small, adorable child on the steps to the orphanage would give you the opportunity for a better life than being close to me. 
you must know that I was a hopeless junkie at the time, unable to take care of myself and of you, a defenseless child already damaged by drugs and alcohol before you even came out of my body. If you cannot forgive me for the pain that I have caused you and what we have done to ourselves and others, then we will never find the way out of this room. Let love be the light that will lead us. That, my dear son, is my prayer and the only way out of this prison of hurt that we are in now. Martin sat in stunned silence, looking at Sintra. The silence was stretched to a place where Sintra thought that he was going to take his revenge by refusing to meet her prayer for forgiveness. But he spoke. Dear Mother Sintra, you speak with a voice so truthful that I see no room to follow my impulse to accuse you of releasing darkness into my world. You did what you could after making a pact with your demon, who was posturing as the sweetness of your addiction. Martin was now crying, his body shaking uncontrollably. Sintra got up and took him in her arms and rocked him gently. Martin continued talking while sobbing. For me growing up without a mother, in an orphanage with little room for love was difficult. As I came to my teens, I became aware of the tragedy of not living in a family with loving parents. The search for you has been a dream that has influenced everything else in my life. No matter where I was looking, I ended up with the same question of where I could find my parents. The director and the women at the orphanage denied any knowledge of my biological family and the social services also claimed that there were no leads for me to follow. All I was told was that a knock on the front door to the orphanage was heard one cold winter night and a small boy was standing on the stairs crying for his mother. From the torture of not knowing my own background, the artist was eventually born. I had to create the fiction of my life, and this make-believe world of mine was built in partnership with drugs and alcohol, which started in the orphanage when I was about 13. We got hold of glue that we sniffed and doors opened to a different world. We were often dreaming about our parents, telling each other how one day we would come and take us home. Until now, I never thought about the pain of missing you as the deepest source of my path to making art. One has to marvel at the journey of life and what shapes it and the price some of us have to pay to keep on living. Sintra Mother, you're willing to turn the energy of our wounded life into the search for the future, and I want you to know that I accept your invitation. Martin dried his tears and said, Sintra, you need to tell me who my father is. Sintra let go of her embrace 
and after a short silence she continued, Martin, I want you to know that you are a love child. I met your father during a period of my life when I was drug-free. We met on a train in France, and we were instinctively drawn to each other. After a month of getting to know each other, we decided to spend our lives together. When we found out that I was pregnant with you, we celebrated and we were happy. There is so much about you that reminds me of him, the way you look and move, the color of your eyes. Your father was a skilled carpenter, soft-spoken, tall and good-looking, always joyful, with a good sense of humor. You would have been proud of him if you had known him. His name was Salil Duval, born and raised in Casablanca by a Moroccan mother and a French father. The happiness between us did not last. Shortly after the third month of the pregnancy, my best friend died a horrifying death, and I took my deep sadness as, as an excuse to shoot up heroin, and with that, my life was back to the addiction. Your father knew nothing about my drug history, so when he discovered how I was abusing myself and the baby in my stomach, he told me that he had lost all faith in me and in our relationship. He said that he could not see himself spending the rest of his life with me and my addiction. I never heard from him again since that devastating moment when he walked away. Shortly before your birth, I got help and managed to pull myself out of the addiction. I tried to find him, but he left no trace, and I had to give up after months of looking for him. When I couldn't find him, I started to shoot up heroin again. Months before giving birth to you, I had fallen as low as a person could fall. I was shoplifting and prostituting myself to support my addiction. I hated myself because my life had nothing to hold it, and my demons reigned free. It could all have been so different if it hadn't been for my addiction and that one shot of heroin. Martin, we're here now, and we must do the best of the circumstances we're in. After all, I am convinced that we can find a new bond that goes deeper than just sentimentality. We will tear down the rest of the wall standing between us by the power of forgiveness. Sintra and Martin were now sitting next to each other, holding hands and smiling. The man whose voice had earlier been held back by Sintra now stood up and began to walk around the room with his hands folded behind his back and the head held down, contemplating every step. He sat down after some time and looked carefully, taking in each person with undivided attention, and then he started to speak softly. My name is Paulus. Let me first admit that I am confused how I came to this place. It is a strange and unexplicable story. During a trance-like moment, I found myself in a long corridor facing the wall with a door when the voice instructed me to open the door 
and enter this room. I found you, Martin, sitting alone as the four of us entered the room. The voice instructed us to deposit the four keys in the jewel box and shut the lid, and here I am. Martin, before I continue with my story, I want to tell you that I too have a connection to you. The two of us never met, and yet I feel I know you. For years, I have been fascinated by the way you explore the challenges of life through your art. I have been using your work to start conversations in my mind-body awareness classes, and your art journey has helped me explore my own inner self. Your mirror labyrinth asks the questions of the existence of parallel universes. The light streaming from the unknown has been haunting you in your search for truth. We must all let you inspire us to find the future through the lens of making and appreciating art. Is it possible that we together can shape new metaphors for our understanding of where we want to go from here? Can we rid ourselves of the resentment, the hurt, the anger, and be creative enough to imagine these feelings when we need them in service of creation and dissolve them by our own willpower when they are no longer of any use to us? Martin, we all share the fear and confusion of entering the unknown, but we must go there simply because there is no other way. Now let me tell you about my incredible journey of coming here. It all started when I was invited to speak at the Body Band Conference in Japan. Somewhere above the middle of the Pacific Ocean, between Los Angeles and Osaka, the plane started to shake so hard that I was convinced that it would break into pieces. Some people were screaming, others were praying. The man sitting next to me grabbed my clothes and cried for his mother. I must have fainted because when I woke up, I inexplicably found myself tied up, hands and feet, behind a wall of great height with barbed wire on either side of me. I woke up to a moment that was more real than anything I had experienced before. Everything was so strangely defined, sharp and rich in sound, color and appearance. The same female voice who instructed me to enter this room urged me to conquer the wall. How this would happen was my responsibility and I was told that I could expect no further help from her. I untangled the ropes with at first seemed next to impossible, but I managed to loosen the knots after days and nights of struggle. After having liberated myself from the ropes, I was physically and mentally exhausted. A luminous creature, a woman in flowing white dress, appeared in a dream. She told me that she would help me to conquer the wall by removing the obstacle standing in front of me. She urged me to give up the idea to physically climb over the wall and to look for another way to continue my journey. 
She insisted that I look in the space with my mind wide open, ready for something that I had never seen or imagined before. She said that the real truth was that the wall was an illusion. She somehow transmitted her realization to me, and that very moment I knew that I had been living in a world that was constructed by habits and opinions, and now the illusion was mercilessly revealed. Nothing had substantial existence, and everything was dissolved into empty space. It was so beautiful and so true and so real, free from any kind of conception. I, I saw all existence as one huge breathing organism, and I realized that it was within my reach to dissolve all concepts, including the solid wall. No words will describe what my mind was perceiving. There was no wall and there was no rope, and yet they were there, sharply for my eyes to see. Nothing was now stopping me from moving around in all directions without any effort. And then I simply walked through the wall as if it was made out of thin air. There are no words to describe the experience of freedom and the joy that I experienced. The very moment after having passed through the wall, I escaped back to the order that had guided me to a life of success and fame. I was unable to hold on to the moment of bliss, and it sadly slipped away. The victory over the elements, this short visit to the naked truth, will not leave my mind, and neither can my reasons for falling back to what had defined me and my personal and professional life. My chances, our chances, will die if we don't rid ourselves from the absorption of who we think we are. Everything is related in a cosmic dance, and we are simply a small part of that dance. Paulus looked around, took a deep breath, and then he continued. And now we are here, trying to find what is next for us, for me. The future is on its way, but what is the future, I wonder? Does the future really exist? What I saw standing in front of that unsurmountable wall in that brief moment of absolute freedom must be the destiny of our aspirations. We may go our own ways once the journey is clear to each of us, but we will need each other to gather the courage to break out of the dream we're in now. One thing I hope we can agree on is to engage the voice to reveal her plan before we can move ahead to wherever we must go. We must ask her to clarify the balance between conforming to her plan and us making our own choices. We need to understand what obstacles are piled up against us and we must talk about how we can remove them to clear the way to the truth that Paulus has seen. Can I be trusted by you all to share my hope for the future and guide you with the help of Sintra's insight into travel across time and space to the past and into the future? 
is the shaman of the past, present, and the future, who is helping Sintra, and the voice the same, and how can we ask for support in clearing out all that prevents us from where we must go from here. I believe that we must begin by loving each other without conditions, and that must be the foundation for everything else. There is really nothing sentimental in that love that I'm talking about, and I trust that we can find the understanding and the motivation to go ahead. Mary, who had been sitting in isolation, now signaled to speak, and she said, After listening to Paulus and tuning into the feelings between us, I am beginning to realize that I will be the drag for the group to move on. What I have done to myself and the pain I have caused those around me surrounds me like a fog in which I am hopelessly lost. I allowed somebody else to shape my identity when in fact it was my responsibility to shape myself into someone I could live with. I gave away all power except the one that comes from being a victim. I found the wrong way to escape my pain when I struck my head in the oven. I ignored the sacred life, leaving it to others to find what's for me to find. And now I must pay the price for my error. I see this all with such clarity now. Please, if you together manage to find a way out of this room, I urge you to leave me here. I will not accept to stand in your way no matter what awaits me in this house of sorrows. Venus looked at Mary with sad eyes and said, Mary, it is true that your life has been a long and unbearable suffering, and I for one can identify with you in your struggle to escape the pain because your sadistic husband. Simon's presence in my body has been driving me to such despair that I have been contemplating to take my life just to kill Simon with the hope that I will wake up with only the body and mind of Venus remaining. We both have been walking down the path of self-destruction. There must be forgiveness for both of us, and I will not leave on a journey without you. Dear Mary, it is so sad that you could not see the beauty in your own life, how you reduced yourself to something that had no worth to you. Mary, you are here to give a new birth to yourself and not to decide to stay the same. And you have already started. You're looking at yourself from the bottom of despair and you're beginning to recognize the sacredness of your life through offering compassion to the rest of us. Mary, it's time for you to wake up. The short silence was followed by the voice. It is true that Mary put her head in the oven with the intention to end the sacred life given as a gift from the universe. That would bring you a hard sentence because it would make you guilty of murder. Just because you have lived with the false idea that you are a separate self with the right to take your life does not mean that you or anybody else have the right to end your life as little as it was only your choice to come into life through the union of your parents. Mary, because of your heartfelt offer to stay behind 
for the benefit of everyone else here, you have found the key to unlock the consequences of your actions. And therefore, I am asking you to dedicate yourself to help the group by using your compassionate self. Continue to turn your resentment into kindness and reveal the way for the benefit of the people in this room. Keep your strong intention to fill the room with love that does not ask for anything in return. Unite the forces of skills and wisdom. Mary was seated at the table with her eyes closed as she was listening to the voice. A gray, smoky shadow slowly lifted from her body and dissolved into space without leaving a trace. Everybody was watching in amazement as Mary stood up and looked smilingly into everybody's eyes. Gone was the posture of downtrodden woman, now replaced by a peaceful glow shining from within. At this moment, the room started to shake with a loud rumble coming from below. The floor was moving waves like shiny mercury. The walls were undulating as if had been made out of flowing silk. A series of loud thunderclaps ripped open cracks in one of the walls, revealing a sharp light that now filled the room. When the shaking stopped, all except Mary were lying on the floor waiting for the horrifying end. Mary stood tall and fearless, radiating a glowing smile. One by one, the four of them stood up as the fear gay room for curiosity, looking at each other, revealing questions in search for answers. Sintra broke the stillness. The earthquake was truly a horrifying moment, she said. The relief to see you all unharmed makes me believe that we are being welded together by manifesting unity and providing protection from danger. By looking at Mary, I realize that fear and anger cannot be used as protection when crossing the borders of time and space. We need to find out what other reasons exist for being here. I'm trying to understand what the voice just said and the change that just come over Mary. We must leave this room, but what will be the conditions that will help us to move towards our destiny? Martin took the word. Listening to Sintra, I am impressed how every word, every gesture, every pause radiates a true expression of your soul. You and Mary make me see that my life has been a fabrication for the benefit of the person whom I have invented to be me. The art world has made me into some kind of false godlike figure, different from my own low opinion of myself. My retreat into silence has always been a manipulation meant to increase the illusionary image of the sacred artist. To even think that is dishonest and narcissistic. What I have achieved with most of my art projects is to add confusion and erotic dissonance to so many people instead of offering help and life-serving discovery. 
Is that not a sad thing to have to say? Truth be told, the way I have constructed my life is nothing but the way of hiding from loneliness and despair. Can you imagine what an awful way to live your life? I have never before allowed anybody to hear this confession, but I am glad to talk because I'm done with lying to myself and others. My prison has followed me in my dreams, tearing at my soul with no escape other than silent withdrawal, drugs, and phony talk. Venus, right now I'm turning to you because we both share the profound sense of living with an inner battle of identity that brings us nothing but misery. Can we give each other courage to distance ourselves from our misery and find another way of making meaning for the precious life? Speaking for me, this is the time to cast away the falsehood and find something that I can stand on without the numbing fear of being found out as the imposter that I have become. You're right, Sintra. The journey cannot continue using fear as a shield when we cross the boundary. We must find the way towards a light that just revealed itself to us through the cracks in the walls. Venus, now taken by the moment, made several attempts to speak and said, Martin, what you just said helps me to face myself in a new way. I hesitate to say this, but I also realize that I'm not worthy to go on from here because there is no true self to be found in the battle between Simon and Venus. It's just so confusing, even though I'm trying so hard to let the man in me exist in peace with the woman I feel I must become. I cannot go back to being Simon, and I fear that I will never become the woman of my dreams. Maybe I have the wrong idea what it is to be a female. Perhaps the root of all my confusion is resting on top of a huge misunderstanding. Look at me, a travesty, a vulgar woman trying to convince herself and the world that Venus exists in the pure female form, able to seduce the world to worship her. Martin, I need your approval, both as Venus and as Simon, and you must acknowledge that you understand our need for your love. Sadly, the need is so strong that it is blocking the way forward, and I don't know what to do now. Please just leave me here. Do not let my obsession block the journey to the future for the rest of you. That is my wish. Now everybody was sitting in silence, contemplating the heartfelt wish that Venus made when the voice came back. Venus, it's true that you and Simon are stuck in the prison of your desire. It's good that you can see this predicament without any false explanations. Let me suggest a way out of the impasse. Imagine a triangle between yourself, Simon and Martin. I'm urging the three of you to join in an effort to make this triangle perfectly symmetrical. Then find the exact point in the epicenter of the triangle where you will find a secret energy with the power to liberate you from your sufferings. Mary, now please go to the box, take out the four keys, each with a different color, 
Take the blue key for yourself and keep it near your heart. When the time is right, I will tell you about the other three keys. Martin realized that the escape that was offered by the voice was a prescription for entering another world. This was a chance to create the perfect art piece using mental energy to fuse male and female energy and let pure art be born without the aim to neither reject or please. Martin stood up and spoke in a low voice. Venus and Simon, I am convinced that the creation of freedom through the celebration of the vastness of the human mind is within reach. Let us be part of the miracle that can only happen with the three of us creating a mental energy that makes speech unnecessary. As for the creation of the triangle, the two of us must invite Simon to represent the third leg of the triangle. He must come to us through the power of our minds and manifest in his physical body. I don't know why I am so sure that it is without our reach to bring him back to our realm. We can if we can dissolve all the pain and the hurt. Again, the voice broke into Martin's preparation and spoke slowly. Let me help you. Sit down eye to eye in silence. The voice broke into Martin's preparation and spoke slowly. Let me help you. Sit down eye to eye in silence. Relax and let your eyes merge in the middle of the space between the two of you. Bring to mind the smiling image of Simon and nod to each other when you see him physically in your presence. This will be the time to start the construction of the triangle. It is important that each leg of the triangle has exactly the same length. When each of you have the image of the perfect symmetrical figure, then agree with each other without talking. Within this triangle, you will find nine intersecting triangles which will give you the center of the larger triangle. From there, draw a vertical line making the form and the height of a triangular pyramid. Take your time to bring your mind to rest in the center of the triangle and mentally move to the top of the pyramid from behind closed eyes. When the three of you have arrived there, there will be an opening for you to enter. Before starting the construction of the pyramid, Mary will give you the red, white and yellow keys that were once used to open the doors to the room you're in now. Martin stood up, inspired by the voice. He placed another chair in front of him for Venus to sit. Holding Venus' hands in his, Martin smiled and said, Venus, before beginning to construct the triangle, let us dissolve the hurt for things that we've said and done to each other. Simon and Venus, once more, I speak directly to your hearts to forgive me. Simon, like a mindless child, I left you with little knowledge of the human heart. I know better now. 
Dear Venus, let us be present as we look into each other's eyes, and from there we will find the precise point in the middle of our gaze. From this point, we will manifest Simon to form the third leg of the triangle. Mary stood up and handed the red key to Martin, the yellow key to Venus, and said, Venus, I am also giving you the white key, which you will give to Simon as a gift and a prayer from your heart. Pray with conviction that he will separate himself from you and let you be free to live in the poetry of your feminine dream. When your prayer is heard, Simon will be let out of the prison you have built for him, free to find his own life. After sinking into each other's minds, Venus and Martin nodded, thereby affirming that Simon had manifested and the perfect symmetrical form of the triangle was a reality. The search continued for the center of the triangle, and without the help of any thought or concept, the precise point was discovered through pure mental agreement. Sintra, Mary and Paulus were holding their breaths while watching the charged silence as the visualization was taking place. In amazement, the three of them witnessed how Simon manifested, handsome and youthful, sitting calmly with his eyes closed at the point which formed the third leg of the triangle. When the vertical line was drawn, the walls of the pyramids closed and nothing of what took place inside could be observed from the outside. The top of the structure opened and violently collapsed, producing a multicolored bright light and a thundering sound reminiscent of stampeding horses. Sintra, Mary and Paulus instinctively lay down flat on the floor to protect themselves from the intense light and the frightening sounds. A howling whirlwind appeared briefly over the remains of the pyramid, and when the sound stopped, no trace of the pyramid could be found. On the floor was the white, red, and yellow keys laid out in a neat row. A luminous butterfly was flapping above the keys and then found its way out through a crack in the wall. 